Hello. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going all right. How are you? All right. You look nice. Thank you. Um, it's mostly just because I'm actually wearing a sweater because it's cold. <laughs> well, your nails are done too. So, uh, blood tipped nails. Uh, they look nice to me. Mine are not done at all. So. Hey, it's it's funny. I never used to be anything. Anything on my hands was like, nah, you're wasting your money be because, and you kind of still are if you since you can't see it. Looking closely at these, they're very chipped. <laughs> they're very from digging in the dirt and scratching my dog's head and all that other stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm not um. Even with gel nail polish, this isn't this isn't holding up very well <laughs> against me. Um, How's it going? What's up? It's going okay. Um, well, we're getting closer to the the move out, closer yeah. and closer, or trying to, anyways. Yeah. I am still waiting, as of today to know what my paycheck's gonna look at like with the raise that's supposed to start this coming month. I'm gotcha. just making, giving me a little bit of anxiety of like, is it gonna be enough? And, and if it's not, are we backing out? Right. Um, to to um, pay off more things and save more or are we I'm just going to muscle through it and be like, this is how life is. And it doesn't always work in your favor. So you just kind of have to muscle up and, and go for it. And it's, it's really weird. Because the first time I moved out, which was 2013, the first time. Oh, God, we're almost coming 15 years. We're almost... It's almost going to be 15 years since the last time I moved out of my own. Hate it when that happens. It's like, I oh, it. 2004. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> I know, really. Um, and when I left the first time, it was like, there was no hesitation. I was like, I will figure it out. And it was because things are so, I mean, things are still bad now, but things were worse then. Mm. Um, my brother was in the height of his addiction during that time. And he was violent and dangerous. And, um, and there was just, a, I moved in with somebody I didn't, I didn't know who turned out to be a addict and alcoholic herself and had really erratic behavior throughout the entire thing. And then left me uh, with a lease that I wasn't on um, when she moved out with her fiance that she kind of conned. Uh, into marrying her I don't think they ever got married because I think her addictions kind of came out when soon she left but um, it was just really different back then and so now here I am hesitant mm -hmm. I have anxiety behind it I have anxiety it's not the moving out part it's the more of like the idea that the the secondary financial support that I need might fall through. Um, what do you mean by that? The coaching? Yeah, that the coaching. I, I I always worry about that. I think it's just um, it's always I I don't realize until something goes wrong that my self worth is incredibly fragile. And my ability to muscle through things that require me to show up and stand up for myself is like always seems to be on very shaky ground. And girl, stop it. Sorry. Like scratching the wall? More like. <laughs> I'm going to do this while I lick my paw. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Maybe. They're underneath my desk. Apparently yeah. wanted my attention. <laughs> yeah. Maggie does the same thing. She's not here right now, but she's been like pulling back the covers of my bed 
and just rolling around in my spot and then getting under the covers and then coming back out like did you see that <laughs> see what I'm doing um I totally understand uh so yeah it's uh the um there is that anxiety there because I'm taking I'm taking my what I can business class wise and mm-hmm. and trying to uh, just trying to get as much knowledge under my belt before I start like saying out there I'm looking for paid clients and looking to work with people on a, on a longer term and um yeah I think I just and then um the stuff with Luxembourg guy mm, yeah the name I don't know why I keep calling I ref- I'm really weird about this when I even when I'm in therapy the men that I've been dating don't get their first names ever mentioned it's like some sort of you've mentioned his name but I try to follow your lead and not bring it up but you never mentioned your ex's name my ex's name was Wilson. I've dated now. T- yeah, Wilson. Um, I'm going to think of home improvement. I know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, kind of has that same mentality. It's like, can't keep his like constantly <laughs> looking over the fence. Yeah. That's actually pretty accurate. Now I think about it. Um, especially even the age part was also pretty accurate yeah he's definitely the old man on the other side of the fence kind of thing um people like that vibe yeah there are and he had uh, you know at least wilson on home improvement had really good intentions so it's kind of not he said useful stuff (laughs) useful useful stuff yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah wilson wesley I like I wish. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. To the pain. Yeah. <laughs> the whirlwind of men of recent. Um he just but asked me for yeah. money again. He asked you for money. Okay. Again. Yeah. So why did he ask you for money? He's trying to get the rest of his hospital bill paid off to get out of the hospital, um, which is understandable. He's got $4,000 left of it out of the 28. So that's, I mean, and the problem is, is that everyone around him, including myself, cash-wise, is tapped out. Um, so what he's, he's still asking, but he's still... He's still asking for money. Um, he even said to me, he's like, if you could get me any like any of the following gift cards, it doesn't have to be the full amount. I know you can't afford it, but if you can charge any of the buy any of the following gift cards for five hundred dollars and send them to me, it would help me because I can trans is obviously he's paying in Bitcoin. So he's transit he's translating this over to Bitcoin. I was like, if you can do any of that for me, I'd be grateful. I know you are tapped, but I know you're tapped for cash. But if you could do this for me, I'll give you give you the money back. And I'm like, I I didn't give a guilt trip. I didn't say anything. Um, I'm being very conscious of that. But I'm also kind of like, it just sinks me into debt further, and it just sucks. And it's like, I want to help and I'm trying to go out on a limb and just trust. It's like, if you give this to him, you have to trust that it's going for what he says it is. Um, You've already tried saying no and being a firm no, because I tried that first and he's begging me for it. Hmm. Like... So there's a part of me in the back of my head that's like, this is, although now finally, I understand a little bit more now about the financials behind all of this with him. Because I was always like, you make all this money. How How is it possible? But now I get it. So unlike you and me who get paid every month, which makes sense, 
you should be getting a monthly paycheck. He gets someone's entire salary, yearly salary, uh, every three to four months. So he gets that lump sum every three to four months. Problem is though, if you're not prepared for emergencies because you've never had one before, like getting suspended at your job and ending up in the hospital, you spend that money the way you normally would spend that money on whatever the hell you want. Um, now, so that's become a problem. It's like, yeah, you overspent. You've, and so he ended up pulling everything out of his spending account that he could, but it's not enough. He pulled out the $23,000 from his spending account, finally got access to it and pulled it out. But he doesn't have access to any of the other assets. So I'm like, okay, now that makes more sense as to why you've asked me for money. It's like, I'm thinking, here's a millionaire, but because of how they have larger sums of that money locked down, you're only given so much at a time. Um, but, but it's still like, I feel like I'm being drained of all of it. And I feel like this is becoming a habit. And I, it's hard because it's like my generosity, your generosity shouldn't be contingent, but I'm also not a wealthy person. I'm trying to become one, but it's hard to do when you keep giving it all away. You've already been generous though. Hmm? at your own expense you've yeah. already been generous at your own expense so that's yeah. not the question yeah i'm hearing are two red flags mm -hmm. one yeah. he doesn't respect your no mm -hmm. and two he's not prepared he's yeah. not forward thinking yeah and i talked to him about the how we're you know this is, this, my dad's like this, so too. I'll be honest with you. My father's like this. My 70-year-old father is very much this, and that's how my parents' relationship is, how, like, the way they manage finances, that's how it's always been, because my mom ended up keeping tabs on my dad, who was, like, never prepared. It's, it's so funny, because it's, it's bullshit irony because my father was like this when he got married to my mother and was like this for the first like 10 years of their marriage until my mother, I think she probably hit him with something very hard and slapped him into submission on this, but he still has a hard time with it. So I have red flags because I know that behavior very well. I've watched that behavior my whole life. I watched my parents fight about money the fight about money is usually somebody overspent and then that person that overspent panics. And, and now in fairness, he has to pay the money he borrowed from other people back. All that money he has to pay back. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not just even what comes back to me. It's like what you borrowed from your friends and your colleagues and stuff of like that, you have to pay that back. Mm -hmm. That's not a gift from them which is also probably why a lot of those people were saying no. Mm -hmm. um, even though they are physically there, they can, they've been to see you in the hospital. I have no physical proof of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not in Luxembourg. I didn't get to visit you in the hospital and we haven't gotten to FaceTime while you're in the hospital. So I don't, I have no evidence to support that I can trust you with any more money. I'd gone out on a limb and given you my money. Um, but yeah, it's, I, yeah, the, the not, res not respecting my no mm -hmm. bothers me. The, and the, just the fact that he's now asked me for money. Think about this. Since I've known him. Now, this is obviously the stuff in the hospital has been like the large sums of money. But he's asked me for even small sums of money a lot. 
at least, I want to say at least eight times in the six to seven months that I've known him now. What has he asked that money for? Um, Because you mentioned last time buying extra time together. Yeah, buying extra time is one of those things. Um, And then also in the beginning of our friendship, asked for $150 because he came up short on a bill usually a phone bill or some sort of bill. Now, $150 is fine. I've, I've loaned my parents that. I loan my, my friends those. It's not that it's, and I've also just given them. Has Actually, when I, when I've, huh? Has he paid you back for that? Nope, not yet. He's already demonstrated then that you can give him money and he won't pay it back. Yeah. And his statement for that is, I'm coming to see you and I'm going to give it back to you once I get into the States. Why why does he have to wait for that? I know, exactly. Yep. You already have evidence he won't pay you back. How much? And you've given him, I think, $1,500, you said, the last big ask? Yeah, the big ask when he first ended up in the hospital, which is now uh, almost a month ago. Uh, it's about three weeks because it's October, end of October now. <clears throat> yeah, I gave him $1,500 and that's it. And he was literally going to the to great lengths to be like, can you go get a loan? Can you? Right. Because he wanted the help with as much of the money up front as possible. Understood. Um. And I lied because I wasn't, my red flags in my head were like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You're not going and taking out a loan in your name to give this man a huge chunk of your money. Are you insane? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And I, and yes, I did give him $1,500, mm-hmm. but I was not, I wasn't willing to go any further than that. He tried to push for that. And I was like, this is it. This is all I have to give you. It's just very interesting though, because we started the call with you saying you're very anxious about being able to move out and not having the money to do that. Yeah, exactly. And here he is constantly asking for money. No, furthermore, it's you're considering giving it to him at the cost of your own goals. I know. So I feel like there's where's the question then? What why are we considering this of giving him money? I don't know, actually, because it's not um I'd understand if there was love or brainwashing happening here, but I have to preface this by we haven't met in person yet. Mm-hmm. No physical connection. There's no chemical manipulation that usually comes from things like sex, which is how, in my experience, men are really good at manipulating money out of women. If you can find that weak point, you make them feel loved like that so I do not know why I am overriding or have been overriding my sense of it's and it's weird because it's not like every time he's asked I've said no first and then he negotiates his way through it Mm -hmm. yeah so on the one hand he's not honoring your no but on the other you're not honoring it either yeah with him yeah and i wonder if rather than try to discover why that's the case because that needs to be done but i don't know if this is the this isn't the place for it no the place here is if we're having a question of self-worth perhaps Mm -hmm. the course of action is doing behaviors that demonstrate you have Mm self-worth force to your brain i am worthy and not wait for the feeling of self-worth to defend it but defend it to cultivate that feeling does that make sense yeah and to accept the consequences of Mm -hmm. anger and rejection if if that person Mm -hmm. putting that wall that barrier up against Mm -hmm. gets angry which i know that ready mc red flags right like 
perhaps that's a good thing if you it's a diagnostic tool to see what he does yeah to see if he will back off and respect it Mm -hmm. or if he will keep trying to push forth and Mm -hmm. I think I'm apprehensive I'm always afraid of the ugliness that I've Mm -hmm. been I've experienced bringing out of someone by setting those boundaries I mean on the flip side it's like also I'm not I'm not there he couldn't physically harm me if he wanted to Mm -hmm. Um, so saying no should be at least it's safer than it would be in previous instances where I've right I was in danger right this is a safer environment to practice saying no yeah how do you feel about that the idea of trying to do that it's it's heavy it's it's heavy it's not it's kind of a trauma point but not it's like a kind of a version of a little kid sitting just flopped down on the ground and being like i don't want to do this but there isn't a choice against it. It's like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting kind of like what my dog does when she doesn't want to go to daycare of like, she, she puts all of her weight into her body and sits at the bottom in the bottom of my car. She will sit in the well of the footwell of any of the seats and make herself a stone. <laughs> I, I wish I was joking. No. What do you think about that? Oreo? are you yeah that's are you mad because i'm not paying attention to you yeah hi sweets (laughs) that's such a cute face god this this is why he knows it too doesn't he can he sit pretty (gasps) (gasps) oh such a good Go on. They're like, why are you kicking me out, mom? <laughs> you got one that's like, I don't want to go outside. She never does. She's like, oh, okay, I'll go out there. I'll come back. <laughs> yes. They are so cute. They are. They You're lucky they're still lap size. I would love to have a, my dog wishes she was lap size. She's not. wishes or thinks she is uh wishes she she kind of gave up on getting in the lap unless we're in the car she tries to get in your lap okay okay sorry to interrupt your scheduled programming with doggy cuteness there i appreciate i know they know they run the show they always do yeah i know could you (laughs) imagine if you had a cat it would be with their butt at the camera I had an old, my boss, uh, before I started this job, the boss I had while I was on contract, she had two ragdoll cats and one of them just loved, loved still. So she'd be like in the middle of thought, talking to me, looking down at her computer for other things, <laughs> just walks across the street. And I have no professionalism when I see that happen. And I'm like trying so hard to not just crack up as she's so oblivious to watching her cat just walk across the screen. It's like, it's normal for her. <laughs> yeah. And, and that cat used to do, do that through presentations and things <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, your cat's got the best timing in the world. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the, the animals run the show. Let's be frank here. <laughs> Humans don't. Funny. But yeah. So, um, getting back to it. Yes. The it's, it's heavy. It's it's heavy of like, do I, not do I, of you say no mm-hmm. and you have to accept the outcome. Mm-hmm. And if this person turns out to be a real piece of shit, mm-hmm. the, uh, you have to let it come out. And that's, that's the hard part. I just don't. I mentally am really struggling with having any more verbal abuse from people coming my way. I really kind of can't 
I, I think that's also why I'm kind of avoiding the confrontation as well. And starting with the no and the hopes that it will stop there. Mm -hmm. um, like I talked to him on the phone today and I had already said no three times of like, I don't have it to spare. I have nothing to spare because I really don't. I, I have money in my account. That's not the point. I have nothing to spare. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get somewhere with that. So it's like, I really, mm -hmm. now on the, on the flip side, what he's asking for now is not cash, but he's also asking me to put myself into further debt because he has no concept of it. It's a, it's a wealthy person manipulating somebody else because they're like, well, everybody's a resource. It's like, well, that's not true. Hmm. There are people who live, there are people who are wealthy that live more modestly than you're living right now. If you're going through, mm -hmm. and I'm trying not to be someone's mother too, because I really like, I'm starting to hear my mother's voice. Mm -hmm. uh, squeak, squeaking in the back of my head of like, because she does it to my brother all the time. I hear it all day long because my brother wastes money mm -hmm. that he doesn't have. Mm -hmm. um, Is he in her or is he still in active addiction? 50-50. So active addiction. <laughs> active addiction in other ways. The mm -hmm. My brother is one of the few people out there that is kind of the poster child of what pot can do for an addictive personality. And he he's it. He is the, type, the person who got addicted to weed in the worst possible way, like would sell his family up the river kind of thing for it. And you don't see it often, mm -hmm. which is why people's, the argument is like personal addictive. It's like the person is who, the addiction matters based on the person. Um, but yeah, he's, he's 50, 50. He hasn't, I can tell he hasn't been smoking lately. Cause I, even when he lies, you can smell it. Oh yeah. Um, sure. but, uh, he had to take a drug test to get to get work and to get his job his two recent forms of employment so it wasn't um it wasn't an option he had to be clean because the drug tests mm -hmm. they'll blackball him they will never let him back um for the even in the federal field if they find out that you pop for anything anything that's drug related that's illicit substance related they don't care if it's legal in certain states Mm -hmm. till it's legal federally yeah. yeah yeah um and security um any kind of security they they test them for drugs uh they test them for drugs frequently so yeah he's had to stay sober but it does it comes at other prices too um eating disorder addiction is prevalent i mm -hmm. i have one um I've been in recovery for 11 years, but even I've had a really hard time lately. It's been relapsing often. Yeah. It's Sorry. a day to, it's a day to day thing. You just, you go to therapy, you tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also think too, that this is the sabotage that's going on in my internal self, the physical with the physical. Mm-hmm. Is also manifesting it in this like the sabotage of giving away money to somebody who's clearly refused to take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. um, it's and I think of I think I'm trying to justify it because it's not the no for an, not taking no for an answer doesn't come as a you selfish bitch why can't you give this to me this time you know I'm used to hearing that stuff. Mm -hmm. um this is coming as a look I wouldn't I'm no I'm putting this on you and I'm sorry and I'm sorry and I'm sorry and I'm sorry mm -hmm. um, but I really need help I'm just trying to get out of there mm -hmm. so I can come see you I'm like yeah. um that yeah. said though let's say that he was not asking for money right now. Let's say he's magically got what he needs because he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out mm -hmm. with or without your help. He'll figure it out. Right. He has to because mm -hmm. 
but he's demonstrated this pattern already of financial irresponsibility yeah that's something you want in a partner no it isn't um it would make me truly keep him at arm's length like I don't want to I don't want to be with somebody who's super stingy but I also don't want to be with somebody who's so unbelievably irresponsible there has to be a balance somewhere in there um there's generosity out of necessity but that's generosity in the I guess the way I look at it is when I borrow money from people which is not often but like when I borrow money from my parents I always give it back I I I never tell somebody uh, I will literally start giving it back as soon as I have the first amount of funds to give them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my, that's my integrity piece of like, I can't, I want somebody who either is super resourceful and doesn't ask unless I absolutely have to, mm-hmm. or somebody who, who does ask maybe once in a blue moon, but gives it, starts giving it back as soon as like they ask because they're really tight or because it's really important. Um, but they have a plan to pay that person back. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't, I, I, I've known that people can't be black and white. And I think I've made some really stupid mistakes with money as well previously um that is like I'm not going to hold that over somebody's head because my view of money is very different than someone else's view of money I come from a place of never having enough whereas someone like him is also spending the way he spends because he's always had enough he's had health insurance he's had all these things and he talked to me this morning. He said, this has knocked me on my ass. I've never had to be in a situation where I couldn't pay my way out of it. And like, okay. So there is some self-realization there, but on the flip side, I'm not a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So do I do I completely downgrade him because he's he currently in this situation is incredibly irresponsible? I don't know. I have mixed feelings about being that. Because I think if I was in the same situation and I'd never had a I've never had any issues with money or or having money. I, I think I would probably make the same fucked up mistake, truthfully. And I did, actually. I did when I was disabled. I wasn't prepared for that. And I was a lot more in the hole than he is right now. So, Most but that also. Prepared, right? That's common thinking. Yeah. Prepared, so. So I think it's just, I'm not going to penalize him for it, but I definitely feel like if you, if he, if he really wanted to be in a relationship with me, we'd have to have a real conversation about this, about if I'm going to be in a relationship with you, there has to be a better balance and you have to put money, your own money aside for, for issues that will come up because life will not always be this thing of like, if you start your own business, there are going to be lulls in the money you get. You have to have money aside. It's like, that's what part of what we've been doing here is like, I've been working towards trying to have an emergency fund for stuff like this, Mm -hmm. um, getting laid off, Mm -hmm. getting really sick again, um, having, having to have emergency surgery, crashing my car, Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully not having to take out a huge loan from the bank because I had money aside. Sadly, I didn't like case in point. I have a car payment because I had money from what the insurance paid me back, but I didn't have, I didn't have 10 grand worth. If I had put 10 grand down, I actually would have gotten a better deal. I would be a lot further along paying off this car than I currently am. But 
stuff happens. And if you have, but if you have money to give yourself a leg up, it's helpful. Um, so yeah, there would be a conversation about that. But back to present day. Right. I don't want to give him the money. I don't, I don't want to give him the money. I want to tell, I, as of three, almost 3.30 today, I would like to just tell him a lie and say, I'm sorry, I cannot get this for you. I've looked everywhere and I am coming up empty. But I don't, I- Yeah, yeah not, that wouldn't serve your relationship though, or potential relationship, right? Yeah. If I lied to him, it wouldn't. Right. But it's like, all right, you've asked me this multiple times and I've said, no, you're continuing to ask. Mm-hmm. No, and this is the final time I'm going to say it. If you ask again, we're going to have a bigger problem. Yeah. And just be super clear because up to this point, because he's borrowed money from you in the past and hasn't paid it back, he hasn't seen you really enforce this boundary yet. Yeah. And and it can't be to the point where I I only enforce the boundary when there's nothing left. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah, because I, yeah. It's easier to lie for sure, but that doesn't serve what you're trying to do. No, it doesn't serve that. The the boundary I've supposed, I'm trying to set. Because if there is a possibility of he gets his shit together and learns from this and does start to get a better handle on that money, then that could be a good thing, right? Yeah if you don't hold up this boundary, you're enabling him to continue to be irresponsible. Yeah. And whether you have a relationship with him or not, that's not good for him in the long run, right? That ultimately harms him. Yeah, because it's, um, he's living in a world that's very controlled. And I hate to, I said this to him a couple of days ago, is like, you don't live in, in my reality here you don't live in the world where you pay taxes on everything you pay cash for groceries not bitcoin not um they give you all of you know your paycheck comes out the federal government takes parts of it like you're not living in the world that we that most of us live in you are living in a very controlled environment where somebody else is paying for your housing Somebody else is paying for your insurance. And yes, they are, you're making them money, sure. But your money is locked down, secured until they say it's okay to take it out. Mm-hmm. Very different world mm-hmm. than most of us are used to. Most of us are looking at like, whatever is in our savings account is what we have. Mm-hmm. Whatever is in our 401k is what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and taking from it or borrowing from it means you have to immediately start paying it back, which means you make less money. It's very, you just look what that's like. Um, hasn't, he probably did at one point, but yeah, seven years of being in an institution where somebody's footing the bill for most of it, that's very different. That's a kind of a delude, almost a little bit delusional about how the world works. Mm-hmm which is making me feel, I feel a little judgmental about it. You chose violence today. I chose violence today. I chose violence a couple months ago because there's parts of me that's like, I used to have this feeling about my living, being with Wilson too, Mm -hmm. of Wilson had this very libertarian view of, of the financials and everything was about like, um, Oh, the government, I hope the government falls apart and I hope that, and I'm just like thinking to myself, like you live in an idealized world that you learned about in college that has been shown throughout history to have fallen apart every time your ideals get implemented in government, all kinds of governments. And I'm just kind of like, what world do you live in? You're getting a pension from a, he, he was getting a pension because we both work for the same institution. Difference is, is that he got a consistent pension because he got to retire at age 55. Um, 
he was getting, he's getting a pension and a paycheck, which means he has extra money coming in. And that extra money that's coming in is coming in for the rest of his life. And he has another form of retirement that is also feeding into him. Like, you don't get it. You are living better than most people. So your idealized world of the system is, is fucked. I was like, you're benefiting so much from it. You have no idea what it's like when the system really is fucked. Um, and I used to resent him for it too. I'm like, you know, you're male. You've worked in finance. You you don't have um, medical problems. You can live on exactly your paycheck and you'd be absolutely fucking fine. You don't know what it's like to have to scramble. Even with kids, he didn't know what it was like to have to scramble. It's so weird. I'm like, am I living in an alternate universe here? Like, why why are things so hard? If you may, if you're talking about it like it's so fucking easy, why this? Let's dismantle all this. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm yeah. I definitely chose violence this morning. Hey, <laughs> violence. Um. But yeah, it's, so I've got two performer and a current people in my life that are, I don't live in the same world that they do. I'd love to, I'd love to live in a world where money was abundant and I didn't have to freak out that if my insurance doesn't doesn't pay for my surgery I'm going to be I one will never have it not just not pay for it never get to have it because the build for it means the build up to get to have surgery will take me a long time and this can the condition I have is getting worse so it's kind of like, what will, where will I be? Mm-hmm. What, what physical state will I be in by the time I've. Sorry, did I make that face out loud? <laughs> Go ahead, continue. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. So, you know. You, you get to choose what to do with those thoughts, right? living in different worlds than them and your views on money are different and that's that is what it is nothing good bad or wrong about it it's just different is that a deal breaker for you you get to decide that you know what to do with that yeah yeah i have to think about that this is the problem when you this is the hard part about thinking you will always end up alone because I want other people come into the picture. You push back a lot harder because you, you've built your bubble. You've built your bubble of how your world works and what you want to accomplish. And when somebody else comes into the fold, even if they might be a good influence, it's just kind of like, oh, I don't want you in my bubble. I don't want you in my bubble because you disrupt my bubble and you make it feel, it's, this is gonna sound terrible. This is the, this is the lesbian side of my brain of like, if I, men, men in my life don't, don't bring good. Just terrible thought to think. But that's been my experience. They come in, they're destructive. They take, they break things. Not just the heart, but they break things phys- physically. And I just keep thinking, it's like, I don't need this. I don't need this. It's not, it's not just because it's chaotic, but it's, it does harm. Why, why do I want this here? Um, so it always it's always kind of this thing of yes I like there's parts of it I like but there's a lot of it that makes me wary all the time 
and it's things like money. Mm -hmm. I'm very tight gripped on my money because I'm always afraid that only I've only had it happen once in my life, but the financial manipulation part, it's also the reason I don't, um, expensive gifts, even though I should, I should take it as a compliment that somebody felt that I was, that they thought of me and they were like, I don't care what the price is. I'd like to buy her something that I think she will like. But I don't think that way. If it's over a certain monetary amount, I think what is the collateral that's attached to this? What do I owe them? Because mm -hmm. I used to have people who bought me nice things and then when I wasn't compliant, used to beat the shit out of me. Um, so it's, and it's, it's crazy. I've done a lot of trauma work. I've done so much trauma work over the course of my life now, since I was 23. And I still have that like knee jerk reaction of like, no, 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 don't buy me anything. Don't do any of this. Please stay over there. I'm fine. It wouldn't even matter if I wanted something that would have been nice as something thought of as like, don't. I don't want the, I don't want the, the string that's attached to that. I don't want the malice that's attached to that. And it shouldn't be that way. So it's like, even when giving money, I think of it as, um, I dated somebody who was abusive. And when I tried to leave, I had, I, I think I mentioned this a while ago, but I tried to leave he blackmailed me and told me he was going to call the cops and told and tell them that I stole from his house that I broke into his house and robbed him and I he's like I'll go away if you give me this give me financially this kind of money yeah so every time somebody asks for money I'm like this isn't fun for me so, and I'm not sure it ever, I, I feel like it would take the right person to help me break out of that. And it'd take a lot of trust building to get me to not feel that way about it. But as of right now, it still feels that way. Mm -hmm. Like if I give you money, it means that there's, I'm trying to make something go away. Mm -hmm. So then I wonder then if reinforcing the boundary of no, and that's my final time I'm going to say this, is part of the work on money mindset because really I feel like a big core piece of what we've been working on the past couple of months is money mindset right yeah. mm -hmm. kind of teasing apart this big knot of confusion confusion yeah. and around money um mm -hmm. so this will continue to be tightened wound and confused until we make different choices of what we do with money and handle it and think about it yeah and how we spend it even when it's not being given to other people it's like it's breaking away from this state of panic mm -hmm. around it and this this thing of like money leads to doesn't lead to things that make me feel safe or secure in any way which is so strange but it doesn't as they keep telling saying about millennials like we're not winning the we're not winning the battle against capitalism. That is true. We are not. I don't think anyone fucking is, truthfully. Except maybe the baby boomers. And they've just, they got a leg up from the very beginning. But um, yeah, it is that, like that pushback of, we're getting there. Pulling. Like a few weeks ago, we had talked about an exercise of writing a letter to money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Were you able to do that or? I wrote part of it and then I got busy. I have to finish it, but I did start writing to it. It was not a nice letter. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, you can choose to personify money or not, mm -hmm. but I do think that journaling about this would be helpful. Like getting all of this thought out of 
Yeah. People, when people ask me for money, this is how I feel about it. When I'm dealing with my own money, this is how I feel about it. And really pulling all of that, exercising that out. Yeah. Really looking at it of this is where I'm at with money. This is the tangled, knotted mess in my mind about money. Yeah. Like what is want versus need? What is knee jerk about my, my life with money? Mm-hmm of like affect your life and mental health and all of that yeah yeah it definitely i'll put a pin in that for later today perhaps next time we can talk about that talk about that yeah that went how the experience was for you of writing that down yeah because um I would like to at least, we can't solve everything, but it's like, I would like to at least just have some better footing before I step out mm-hmm. into the world to, to do, to be an adult. And it's also too, of like, to become a coach, mm-hmm. I keep thinking in the back of my head, I keep reminding myself of like, Hey, we know you want to do this, mm-hmm. but it can't, it can't just be about money. And if you're frantic about money, it's going to, for me, it will skew how I work with it. It either will stalemate me because it does at times and make me not want to pursue it, even though it's something I love to do, or it'll push me to be, to, to be like, taking for the highest bidder and that's not what we're at that's not what I'm after and that's not what I'm doing this for either yeah. but whatever but, the consequences money mindset will sabotage your coaching practice yeah it will really explore it now that doesn't mean because of course as coaches we never have our shit together right not 100%. no we don't we gotta get it all figured out that won't happen right but exploring it more fully will benefit your practice down the road because you're going to run into clients who have the same money mindset issues too right it's such an important topic you you can't escape it and it comes up more now because we're in a state in our world right now where where money is hard for everybody we are inflation is high cost of living is high Mm-hmm. And there's also too politically, I think I, I know that I wake up a bit panicked because I feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the world caves in, that means my opportunity to make my life better mm-hmm. might go out the window. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I am afraid that. I don't know what this world looks like with the chaos that's brewing and all the, a lot of the hatefulness that's coming through. I, I do worry about it. I worry about the people out there that want women to lose every right that they have. And for us to go and just be in the kitchen and have children and get married. And I know there are some people out there that that's all they want, but I am not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the caveat was I actually went to see a fertility doctor for another reason, but I got some news that my organs at least are not, are not malformed. It I still probably will never be able to carry my own children or any of those things, but I didn't feel, mm-hmm. I didn't feel relieved by it, which is disheartening to some extent of like, I thought knowing that Thank God they didn't find any tumors, although they did find a cyst that was pretty big. But that they, but that like the the thing of hey, mm-hmm. you're not damaged internally, like your organs aren't missing, like you aren't missing a a tube and an ovary. You don't just have like one lazy arm out there or anything like that. <laughs> like you don't have that. <laughs> I would have thought. <laughs> I'm imagining like a little uterus plushie that's got yeah, like right? go one lazy like arm. Little arm. Yeah. <laughs> Half an arm or whatever. Oh. I know. Yeah, like a late, like a broken it's teapot. <laughs> one little ovary. A little damaged little ovary. Um yeah. 
And like, yeah, it's, I mean, the fact that nothing's <laughs> can't take me anywhere. Um, Same. I, I am that friend. I'm not uh, helping, no. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Helene. Stop it. Um, but yeah, the fact that like internally everything looked everything was normal in the sense of things where they were there where they were supposed to be supposed to be yes yeah minus the the cyst everything else was where it was supposed to be and I think they I should have felt differently over that and so the idea not should have I had an I I I think I was hoping I would feel differently I don't there are other ways of course to think about it too I mean yeah it is an organ in your body that does a certain purpose but at least by doing an evaluation we didn't find like cancer we didn't find other things to be worried about yeah there's more to be thankful for in that than just kind of looking at those feelings I was thankful that like the the conversation didn't say hey we might have you may have to consider a hysterectomy at some point I was glad to not have that conversation or any of that it's usually like, ideal to not take out an organ if you don't I know yeah really so, yeah so so do there you, was something that came out of it anyways do you journal regularly or not really I used to um I try to I will say that I, I like to handwrite. I know a lot of people don't, but I actually like to handwrite. And the problem has become that the the nodules in my arm are making it a little bit difficult to write for long periods of time. So I don't do it as much as I used to. I used to journal every day. Um, and that was just because there's a lot of chatter going on in my head all the time. And I... I have tons of journals and most of them are very full, but, um, the consistency, mm-hmm. it's been a lot harder and I'm not, I can't type on a computer. I can't journal on the computer. It's just not, um, feels like I'm writing an essay for college every time I go and try to, yeah, it does. I mean, it's, I, I used to have issues with, um, when I wrote fiction once mm-hmm. upon a time, mm-hmm. I used to have issues writing it um on the computer I used to piss off my teacher so much they're like I know it's in a notebook put it on the computer you have to print this out for us I was like I know but I don't I think it's the the staring at a screen versus writing it down on lined paper and in a journal somewhere is it's just my brain processes the information very differently I don't know why it is um but yes I used to journal a lot and lately I have not because it's, it's just physically more painful than it used to be, which really sucks. Um, cause I do like journaling. It's helpful. Um, I ask because we talked about with the money mindset, this thing to exercise out of your psyche, right? And that's not bad. It's just, you've got this tangled whole thing here right? Yeah. that we want to look at and un- tease out a little bit more. Yeah. But over the course of this conversation, I've been hearing a lot of like layers of pressure, things that are like weighing on you, right? Um, issues with the world, issues with Superman being a dick and all of these things, right? And I say that just to tease, right? But I love how we're calling him Superman. Um, the the anti, the 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 mis- misshapen Superman. Um, yeah. Yes. Doesn't know the lore very well. Um yeah, I ask because I wonder if journaling would help to kind of relieve some of that pressure for you, mm-hmm. pull out these other knotted balls of crazy inside, right? Not, I mean, crazy lovingly. No, it's, 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 it's accurate. <laughs> Don't worry. But to, to tease them out more so that the more, the more they go unchecked, the bigger they grow as these like tumors in your psyche, right? So yeah, yeah. we just... Maybe. I would throw it out for consideration of what 
would be comfortable for you to pick up that may help with that. It doesn't have to be written journaling because I know you said that was painful. I don't like to handwrite either because I just yeah. apparently do everything in my life very intensely and I write like I ever thought. Yeah, I do too. It I really do. Right. So, oh my God, this is so I'm really angry. <laughs> <laughs> but so like, angry. <laughs> ah, but like, even like a voice recorder or an app, like I do my gratitude journaling on my phone because it just works a little better for me. Whatever is most comfortable to do consistently is the best method, right? There's no right or wrong method, but yeah. I would encourage you to think about what might be a good way to put that back into your mental hygiene or your mental self-care. Yeah, I used to use Snapchat for that because <laughs> no one's on my Snapchat. So I used to, I used to video because I wasn't talking, I was talking to myself because, and if somebody managed to see it, great, but I wasn't, I, it was never for anybody. Um, you could even create two, two accounts and just message between them. So yeah. It. Yeah. Cause it's, I used to do that a lot. That's why whenever it comes up with like the history of this is what you were doing five years ago, it's like, oh yeah, these weren't for anybody except me. <laughs> <laughs> these these were me um yeah because I didn't there are accounts like I think the only account that I have where I get although Instagram sometimes but I have I have a TikTok account and that's the only thing that like I kind of give life coaching not even feedback just more of like food for thought kind of things out there but aside from that I Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, I think that's a, a goal. I would like to revisit this next week and make that a goal for this week and try to get at least, try to get at least three times this week of journaling something in some capacity to even change it up, like try three different ways to do it and see which one you like best. Yeah. So you're playing around and experimenting with what's most comfortable. Because the most effective form of journaling is the one you'll actually do, right? So we gotta figure out what that is. So yeah, it's weird. Like I have, I actually still do. I have a I have boxes full of journals mm-hmm. from I, from literally I want to say from age thirteen all the way through college. I went through them like water for the longest time because I used to write all the time, but now my the stuff in my arms wasn't that bad back then now it's caught up with your arms yeah it did it's caught up with them and they get kind of they kind of almost turn to stone Mm -hmm. like when they're they get really heavy and really achy and really painful so it's kind of that's the shitty part about it Mm because I really do I used to really love writing although you couldn't read my writing to save your life only I know what it says (laughs) because it looks like I used to write real small or really like fast and really small. Well, yeah. there are other things possibly to explore of. Maybe you could find one of those cool like typewriter keyboards oh, that yeah. like sound like a typewriter and then like maybe change up the font on your yeah. word to make it look like handwriting. You know, like there, use your imagination to play up with how could, how could I make this fun even? How could yeah. I make this enjoyable instead of? You're, you, can, you can play with new toys to figure out what will work, right? Yeah. yeah, I hate this phrase, but there's more than one way to skin a cat. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what horribly sad cat. No, that phrase. Well, that's also like that horrible saying of uh, "stop beating a dead horse." What? Who came up with that? Right. I, these are so. These are yeah. such fucked up sayings. I was like. Yeah. Be another way to say it. There's more than one way to build a boat or something. (laughs) Like there's more than one way to do things. I mean (laughs) sorry. Yeah, there no, there's such weird (laughs) some really weird ones. There's some of the idioms out there are dark. They're just really dark. I'm like, what what state of mind was this person in when they decided this was going to be something they say on the regular to describe? yeah 
Charles and I have this inside joke because one time I said the phrase and I didn't realize I was saying it wrong until he was like, what? I'm like, yeah, you don't want to shoot that gift horse in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Like the gift horse. Like, I don't know what this means. And he's like, it's not shoot the horse. It's (laughs) the horse. I'm like, oh, so I never knew what that phrase meant. So I was saying it wrong for a long time, but now it's like, don't shoot that gift horse, man. It's like, what is the gift horse in the mouth? His teeth are ruined. <laughs> I was like, that's so bad. Oh my god. Really bad. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. I don't know why <laughs> I chose violence. I didn't mean to. <laughs> it was not on purpose. I thought that's what the phrase. <laughs> all of us were just like, this is weird. <laughs> Freudian slip. Freudian slip. All right. Well, we are over time, my dear. Is there anything you need from me or I can help you with this week? Just a root, just a reminder during the week. Sure. Make sure I did it. Yeah. That's yeah. Shoot you a message. Shoot me a message. Yes, please. Okay. I owe you my review of you. I will get that to you a little bit later. Just whenever. Yeah. Oh, no rush. I'm just trying to keep moving with my own stuff. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'll take it easy enjoy the rest of your weekend go hang out with your dog yeah need you most likely so <laughs> yeah look for my needy dogs and direct honey <laughs> <laughs> all right have a good weekend Lauren you too. I'll talk to you later all right <laughs> bye